Hi, everyone. So I'm here with Jaden Torrey. Thank you, Jaden, for taking time out of your day to join us live. We know you have lots of important things to do. You do I don't know if everybody knows what you do. Can you tell everybody what you do? I am a combat medic for the Army. Um, right now, my job is to make sure everybody is medically able to deploy. And if they have any medical issues, I help them take care of that and get the care that they need. So you deal with you deal with people on a daily basis. Yes, I do. And sometimes they're not all are not all in great moods, I'm sure, because they <laughs> might get bad all. news. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I know there was one that you were that you had the other day that you had been talking about. I'm going to pull up the comments real quick. Okay, there we go. There we go. I got to turn the volume down. So you guys missed it. Jaden and I were trying to get on live and I couldn't hear him. And it was really funny because I kept sending signs with paper. And the funny part is I could hear you the whole time and you're the one holding signs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sent him signs. And then what I realized is I had turned my volume completely off. So it was my fault. Uh, so it looks like we have people jumping on already. So we're, uh, I guess I'm kind of just here to ask different questions. So we did have, we talked about before we got on that there was a member of the group that um, is a manager at a fast food restaurant and she's having problems with um, getting, with becoming overwhelmed by um, coworkers and employees. So I, uh, Kind of tell me, we were talking about it right before we jumped on live, but tell me what your uh, perception of that, what because you deal with people like this that are not always in the, hap or that aren't always the happiest when they get news or whatever, they're, maybe they don't want medical help, whatever. You, you deal with people like this all the time. So what would you suggest that she do to kind of combat this? Yeah, I'm trying to think, and I've actually worked fast food before, and I personally, I did not like it. I worked at Burger King as a part-time job just for that reason, I think. Um, I, did, I didn't stay very long. I ended up leaving. So trying to think in regards to that type of situation, um, it, it does tie in a lot with what I do as well because, I mean, I do a, deal with a lot of operations and stuff as well. Um, for me, it's trying to read the other people because everybody reacts differently according to their personality so it's learning to understand the different types of personalities and how they respond best to situations and when you're speaking to them um, like i can i had one soldier who i had to be very direct with i'm just like this is how it is this is how it has to be and that's how they responded appropriately and then another person i would do that to they would completely shut down and block me out and then i didn't get anywhere with them so I had to be like, okay, I see we did really well in this area. However, I think we can make improvements over here. How can we do that? And I, I kind of include them into that situation so they feel like they're involved as well. It's not just me going, hey, you're messing up. We need to fix this because that has a tendency of just shutting people down right away. I, I, I do. I try to get them involved as much as I can and, and just bring them into the situation as much as possible. Um, and get their their um, suggestions as well. Be like, it seems like we're struggling in these areas. This seems like 
this is what I am perceiving. What are your thoughts on it? And maybe they can start expressing their concerns. That way they feel like they're being heard as well. And that might actually help, especially in a, a fast food situation, try to make them feel like their voices are being heard, have everybody come together and co come up with a solution together. Um, hopefully that might help in that situation. Yeah, that reminds me of a, there's a book I read and I can't remember what it was, but basically uh, it was a supervisor walking through a manufacturing company and they had a, a rule uh, that everybody had to have their hard hats on at all times. And every time he would leave after telling them to put their hard hats on, they would take them back off again. And then one day he decided to ask the employees, you know, is there something wrong with the hard hats or is there something I can do and come to find out they were extremely uncomfortable. And if he like, it would have saved a lot of people a lot of time if he would have just reached out and actually asked, like, is there a reason why you don't want to wear it? Like I, it was a kind of a lesson for me when I was reading that, reading that because I thought to myself, like there's so many times that we overlook that kind of thing. Yes. And I've, I've worked at different, a lot of different areas as well. I worked for Amazon as a dock manager. I've worked FedEx as a truckloader. And all of these have very vast different kinds of personalities. And I've also noticed when I'm working around a lot of people, if I start feeding off their energy and I start projecting negativity, that only feeds into their negativity and it makes it worse. So I've had to learn to change my mindset I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this negativity. I'm starting to get overwhelmed. And at times, sometimes I have to walk away. I'm like, I need a break. I'll be back. I step out. I gather my thoughts. I try to reverse my mindset, change that negative energy into positive energy. And then I walk back in and readdress the situation be like, okay, what can we do? And that actually make, turn, helps turn their negativity into positivity as well. I think that's one of the, um, the abilities of an empath. It's not just absorbing the energy, but it's being able to reattune the energy around you into more positive. Once you become attuned with yourself, you can help others redirect their energy as well. How old were you when you realized that you were an empath or that you were empathic? Like not the, necessarily the name of it, but that you realized that people were projecting their emotions onto you. Oh, man. I probably really wasn't until this past year that I realized what was going on. Um, I knew I've been told throughout my life that I was an empath, that my dad was like, oh, you're too emotional. Um, and he would laugh at me. I remember watching Titanic and I was literally like bawling out loud like somebody my dog had just died. I was like, like verbally bawling my eyes. I couldn't see anything. And my dad just laughed at me, shut the door and walked away. He's like, I can't deal with you. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, throughout my life, I've been told I was an empath, but I didn't quite understand what they meant by that. I grew up thinking it's like, um, I just put myself in other people's shoes. That's how my dad taught me. He's like, before you judge anybody, understand where they come from. And that's something I always did naturally anyway. So I thought everybody thought that way, but apparently not. <laughs> and that was really hard for me because I didn't understand why people didn't care for each other. I'm like, why are you being so mean to them? Like, don't you understand where they're coming from? And they truly didn't. And I just, I didn't really understand why up until this past year when, when yeah. everything started clicking. I, I've met people in my life. Uh, like I remember learning how to deal with my ex-husband and it was really funny because at some point I realized 
that he legitimately did not understand what it would be like to imagine yourself in someone else's shoes. So I would have to like with little things, not mean things, but little things, I would just do the same thing back. So he would uh, like just, and I just started doing it intentionally, like just to make him understand what, what it felt like, because otherwise he had no clue. And I didn't know people were like that either. Like, I was, it still boggles my mind. I still like, even though I, I understand now, but it still bothers me. And I still don't understand. I'm like, why don't you understand? Like they're crying. Don't you understand? They're sad. Like, yeah. They're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like they tell them buck up or something like that. I get people that tell uh, me all the time with your eye, you know, your eye is ADHD, has ADHD and I get people all the time, even my boyfriend, he's like, why don't you spank him? Or why don't you punish? Like, it's, what am I going to spank the ADHD out of him? Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But I notice in dealing with like him and him understanding that he has ADHD, he has a lot of questions about it. And I think he's clarempathic also, but he is very, um, like at first he was thinking that he had, that there was something wrong with him. Like, and I tried very hard to make him understand that it's not necessarily something wrong with you. Like, I'm very careful. You kind of heard me when I started to say that he has, or, or uh, instead of saying my son is ADHD, my son has ADHD. Yes. Like, I think that's a huge, huge difference in choice of words because he is, it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? That's, like, I feel like there's certain things that we are that are, that aren't us, but they are part of us, I guess. Yes. I actually, I've had ADHD my whole life and I did not get diagnosed with it until about three years ago. And I was, when I got put into a cubicle setting at work, like over the years, I learned how to adapt and overcome and work with it in ways that I knew how. But when I got put into the cubicle setting, it was starting to affect my job. I wasn't getting anything done. So that's why I went to the doctor. But um, <clears throat> yes, I, I definitely agree. As long as he understands, like, it's not him himself. It's just something he has to deal with, adapt, and overcome. But it will make him stronger because he's going to learn to understand things in a different way people don't. And others are going to respect that. And I think it um, goes along with the Claire empathy for ADHD because you do have a per different perception on life. So you have a better understanding of, of the people around you. Yeah, I told you we got... I got the rooster. Well, we got uh, six chickens, baby chicks, and something. The kids went and they they were supposed to shut the uh, coop up and everything. And there's a little back door that the chickens can go out. But uh, I didn't even tell you this because I haven't talked to you today. But uh, before the sh uh, we got on air, but basically something got the five or four out of six chickens and one chickens missing, baby ones. He cries every single time. He it doesn't even matter. We've had this happen. Like we've had baby ones die because of the cold or whatever. Like we put them out too soon. It's kind of a learning process. But um, the, every single time, no matter how many times this happens, he cries every single time. And he also tries to name them every single time. So, yeah, it's kind of like so he from a very early age. No, he is clear empathic and really mm -hmm. doesn't know how to deal with it. Molly says, it's so annoying when people tell people how to handle themselves or others. How about let's all look internally and work on our own selves 
instead of trying to dictate other people's lives, we are each at a different stage in life. I got a good one for you. So I have a friend that actually overheard other people talking about her at work. And I guarantee she can feel it. But she asked something on or asked me something online. Uh, how do you deal with that? Do you address it directly? Do you what would you do? I'm curious. Ooh, that depends on the situation. And I've uh, been introverted most of my life and would push myself away from those situations just because avoiding confrontation, avoiding absorbing energy that I didn't want to absorb. <laughs> so I would actually revert and, and hide myself, which I've actually found a lot for empaths. They tend to, at least in the beginning, be very introverted, but I don't necessarily think all empaths are introverted. It's something that we've developed due to coping mechanisms, trying to avoid that negative energy. I, I feel a lot of us are actually extroverted once we learn to understand empath and how to redirect the energies, then we end up extroverted on the other side of it, which is where I'm heading over the past year. Um, so previously, before this past year, I might have just shut it out and ignored it. I, I would have probably suppressed it. Um, but that doesn't help either because it just ends up building tension. And then one thing adds to another. It's like pouring water into a cup that's already full and eventually you end up lashing out. Yeah. Over the past year, I've learned to address it more. I mean, if it's something that's minute that I'm like, well, I don't care what they think anyway. It doesn't matter. They're not going to be in my life forever. I'm moving on. I'm not going to bring anything up because I just feel it's unnecessary and it's just going to create tension that doesn't need to be there when it's just going to blow over anyway. But if it's something that I feel like it's going to adversely affect me or it's something they're going to carry on and project those perceptions onto somebody else in the future, then I might address it and be like, okay, I understand that might be how you feel. However, have you ever looked at it this way or these are my feelings on it and try to help them understand or maybe change their perspective a little bit. Your advice was way different than mine. Just so, you know, <laughs> I I said, listen. <laughs> so I said, uh, they're talking entirely too loud if you can hear them in the other room talking about you. So I would just walk up and tell them, I can, you know, that's not a whispering voice. I'm trying to work. Can you not interrupt me? <laughs> if I was in an honorary mood and I wanted to mess with their heads, maybe I would go that route be like, you yeah, know, I can hear you. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just depends on my mood. If I feel like being silly and messing with their heads and making them be like, oh my gosh. But still, I, I feel empaths are, they're, they're healers emotionally and, and physically. Um, we are meant to help change the perspective of others to help them understand things in different ways, uh, especially with the route my life is going. Um, this is a little personal. Not a lot of people know this, but I am transgender and I'm a transgender in the military, which makes it a lot harder. Um, I've been battling. I've been battling at it for, for four years, trying to get the treatment I need. I'm only halfway there. And I, now I have to start over actually, because I'm in a new command. But I've had people come up to me and they're like, you helped me understand. Uh, in the beginning, when we started doing the whole transgender training thing for the military, they were totally against it. They're like, 
trans don't belong in here and this, this and that. And they were so against it. And I sat quiet in the back of the room. I just, I listened, I observed, but I didn't say anything. As time went on about a year into my transition, I started building that confidence. Um, I came out and like, look, this is who I am. I'm the same person as I was before. And it's, it's about my worth ethics and how I perceive myself in life. Um, it's not who I am, but what I do type of thing. And they yeah. really respected that. And then a year ago, I had a few people come out to me and they're like, thank you. I didn't understand before uh, I was against it. But now I realize transgender are no different than anybody else. You, you're, you're the same person. So um and that's just one example. I've done that in different areas throughout my life. But that one really hit me hard because it was somebody that was against trans. They probably would have hung them from the tree if they had the chance. And now they're like my best friend, which I thought was pretty cool. And, that, and that's something they can take on to other people and help them understand, be like, oh, I used to see it that way, but this is the real situation. So it helps create this, this web that just projects into um, to the world to change a whole bunch of people's minds. You're like, I'm the medic. Do you want me to save your life or not? Because um, <laughs> I was talking to my boyfriend about that. And I said, you know, I said, when when Jaden does what he does, I said, it's it's such an incredible thing. And the fact that like people around you would judge you is like, I don't know. I don't like that because you do good things like you're trying to help them. And so it's uh I don't know. I think that I'm actually happy that you shared that because I think that that's like one more thing that people look at and we are looking from the outside in and aren't understanding it from like someone else's perspective. So you not only, and we've talked about a, a lot of your experiences, but <clears throat> so you not only dealt with or deal with the clear empathy, but you also the whole time period that you were, choosing to transition was like really uh bad impacted, yeah <laughs> impacted your clear empathic i mean you really you probably didn't know what it was or you didn't know what it was at that time but i bet it like made it 10 times harder because you felt like just that radiation of like judgment or question or you know what i'm saying yes and, and towards the beginning i didn't when Obama flipped everything, I actually didn't come out right away because I, I've been in, it'll actually be 20 years here at the end of June. I'll be total service. Um, so I hid for a lot of years. So when it first flipped, I had to, I took a year and I thought about it. I'm like, is this something I still want to do? What happens if I do come out? What, what if it flips around? And then finally I was like, screw it. I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to do what I want to do for once in life. I don't care what happens because I'm going to be happier on the other side. And so I finally got an appointment with the provider, got it put into my treat or in my medical records. Exactly a week later, Trump made the tweet and it was like the most excruciating thing. I thought my life was over at that point. I'm like, I'm going to lose my job. I just wasted my whole career. Um, and I actually went into work the next day and my XO was like, I did, I, I'm hearing rumors. I don't know where you are in the process, but I highly suggest you stop. And that just like crushed me. Um, and, uh, I thought about it and then I, I was like, it's already in my medical records. I'm going to keep going. And then I think the people around me actually respected that I was being my true self no matter what. And then they started becoming more of their true selves. And it, it just, it created another web, I guess, um, because they're like, Oh, this person has a strength 
and they're going through this. My stuff is minute. And I actually saw a lot of positive shift in the office because of that. I thought that was kind of so cool. it, now I know that it was there was something <laughs> with the mil the rules in the military. So they this has changed now, hasn't it? They fixed that. Yes, yes, they overturned it before. There was they ended up grandfathering. I hate that term, but they grandfathered us and everybody who came out and had it in their medical records prior to the band. They couldn't touch us, um, but nobody could come in. That, or, or they couldn't go to the provider and say, this is who I am if they hadn't already prior to that date. But that has all been reversed now. It doesn't matter. Anybody can get the treatment that they need. So yes, everything's been flipped and it's back open again. Good. I know you were like, what am I supposed to do? This is my profession. <laughs> Didn't you, you, this is what I went to school for. This is what like that, like things like that. I don't think when they make decisions like that, that they think about how it's going to affect I, yes, I actually, I was going to school be, to become a physician's assistant through the Army, and I only needed two more classes. I had already taken them, but it was outside the five-year window, so I had to retake them before I could put in my packet to go to the PA school. But whenever the ban came out, I pretty much had to give that up because in order for me to become an officer, I'd have to get out of the military and then come back in as an officer. But once I signed those documents saying I was out, I couldn't come back in under the band. I pretty much screwed myself. So yeah. I gave up that idea to become a physician's assistant, even with it flipping back over. I hit that time in service. So now I would, I mean, I might be able to get a waiver, but it's such a pain in the butt and I'm just, I ended up redirected in life. And that's when I started discovering more of my love for music. I didn't know I was a writer. I started writing maybe about six years ago because of being empathic. I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't like absorbing the energy around me. So I didn't like projecting my energy out because I wasn't trying to make other people felt feel like the way I felt whenever they were negative. Little did I know they didn't even care anyway because they're not in pass. <laughs> um, so what I started doing is I would write, but I'd write in metaphors because I was afraid somebody would read my journal, which actually happened to me once in high school. is is a disaster. Um, <laughs> but it was a way for me to express my feelings without actually having to talk about them. I guess in a way it's still kind of suppressing but at the same time, it's a release because I'm expressing my feelings, even though I'm not addressing them specifically. And it just it, it has created that balance for me. And then a couple of years ago, I, I found a mentor through this acting group and she's like, I want you to write. And I actually found out I could write and it turned into songs. I went into a couple music production courses. And I've been running with it ever since. And I found out apparently I'm a decent actor too i didn't realize i mean i've always loved acting but i didn't realize i had that impact on people until after this one performance i did they came up to me like oh you did such a great job and i actually during the one part i was actually to produce tears and my counterpart that i was working with actually started crying with me <laughs> that, that's the benefit of being an empath if you want to be an actor you can project those feelings it's so much fun <laughs> so is this the movie that you just did or was that no no this this was um this was the one where it was telling stories of the lgbtq yep, community from that. world war one and forward yes and i was yeah, actually I I told my story and at the end of it, it was that part where the exo was telling me that um, I should stop where I was. And I took myself back to that moment and I actually brought tears during that scene. And then afterwards, Bill came to me. He's like, yes, 
I, he was also against transgender, but after meeting me, he loves me to death and he got started crying with me. So it was a pretty intense scene actually. Those were the whole, the whole uh, thing was awesome. Like everybody had their own part. You will have to share that in the group <laughs> at some point in time. It really is good. Like everybody, uh, yeah, it was, I, I was watching it and I was like, they're, so they're basically each somebody in the military and some of them were like past, uh, past people, like they were acting as someone else and some of them played themselves. And it was basically uh, telling the story of their struggles in the military. Uh, Ann Trainer wants to know if you're a, a water sign, Jaden. I'm an air. I'm Aquarius. I'm Aquarius, sun and moon, and a Gemini rising, so I'm a triple air. Triple air. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, and then we have uh, Whitney says, I grew up gender non-conforming. I'm non-binary, and I was always extremely sensitive to people's voice and unvoiced opinions about how I acted or presented I used to be more extroverted and had to withdraw to survive. Yeah, I definitely feel that. That's kind of where I was going earlier with we're not all born introverted. A lot of us are extroverted, especially being trans, non-gender conforming. It's, you, you can tell, you can read body language, especially as an empath. Um, it's not just the words, it's the way that they look at you, the way they carry themselves when they're around you, and it feeds off of you. And with the way the world is, you don't know if it's going to become a physical threat. So right. you end up retreating and that it, it's, it's nerve wracking. Whenever I PCS, I was actually scared of where I was going to end up because I was not able to finish my transitioning. And I, I still haven't been able to um, legally change my name. And if I end up in a state that's anti-trans, I was actually really nervous. Um, fortunately, I was able to stay in California, but I, def I definitely feel that. Um, it's a benefit to be able to hide yourself if you can, just in those situations for for safety purposes. Um, but if you're able to start talking to the people around them, around you, educate yourselves or educate them and help change that ignorance. And then maybe you'll be surprised and who actually understands. But re read them and just try to figure out whether they have a physical um, threat towards you. Um, if, if you understand what I'm saying, it's kind of like yeah. spinning in my head, but yeah, you just kind of have to read me like, can I talk to this person? Especially if they're like close family, friends, um, I would say just try to talk to them, help them understand and you'd be surprised and who actually does. Yeah. So, uh, Whitney says being empathic in theater really can be amazing. And Anne says, Love journal journaling takes it out of your head. Had many of many bonfires with them. Speaking of actors, you look like the actor Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. <laughs> uh, wow, that explains writing, Jaden. She's responding to your air sign. So you uh, you actually Jaden was actually in a movie, and I think we talked about that a long time ago. He when he sent me the clip, I was like. You really are in this movie. What, oh, no, it was 13 Reasons Why. Yes. Yeah, 13 Reasons Why. Now, did you actually, besides just being in the show, did you actually watch it? I did. I don't think I finished watching the last season because life happens and I'm too busy trying to create my own stuff. But, yeah, I, sure. I, I watched the first two seasons. 
So how did it, when you were watching that, because this is like a huge thing for empaths too, I know for me it is, when you were watching that, did you get that feeling of like, I don't know, I got this feeling of like being just depressed and like, it's almost like it just radiated as I was watching it because they did, they did a really good job of making it real, very realistic. So mm -hmm. how did you, did you get that feeling when you watched it too? Yes. Yes. I went through a roller coaster of emotions. Um, there was only one part that really hit me hard and that was the scene in the bathroom. And I, I, I was I, very close to physically throwing up. It was that bad. I had to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, I think that even though those, uh, those things that they talked about or, or acted out were like graphic. I think that it really gives people who aren't in high school any longer a realistic perspective of what it really could be like for kids in high school. Like yes. I always think when my kids go to school, oh, their day's easy. But the truth is, is being a kid is still difficult. And they, uh, worry about more about what other people think and and that kind of thing so i always forget that kind of thing because i don't I, I guess i do in a way a little tiny bit of me does care what people think only when they're criticizing me uh, but <laughs> i know yeah, that's you, not, yeah. You're saying that reminds me of high school um i did slip into a depressive state and it was actually right after um i got scared of my abilities i was seeing and hearing things at night um and then along with my empathy, but I ended up shutting down because this one spirit went leave me alone and I freaked out. And then I went into a deep depressive stage because then I was triple suppressing. And um, yeah. I tried to express that, that I was depressed to my family. My stepmom be like, oh, what do you have to be depressed about? And that really affected me. And, and I think I really shut down for a long time into my adult life because of that. Because I was like, oh, nobody wants to hear about it anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah, if, if, especially if you have kids, try to be open, listen to them because you don't know necessarily maybe they're getting picked on at school and or they're having trouble dealing with um, reading disorders, ADHD. Just uh, communication is very key, especially for empaths and, and people with disorders. Um, trying to be open and more communicate with better communication, I think, will help open up um, all around pretty much just between empathy and your everyday life and help people around you understand it as well. So they know how to react whenever you're expressing a certain way. Um, even when it, at work, I've, I ran out of my ADHD meds and I forgot to take my tea shot. And then I had a coworker who was very high strung and freaking out. So I, I was really overwhelmed a couple of weeks ago at work and I went over to my OIC as like, look, this is a situation. Um, please forgive me if I act a certain way. I'm not trying to ignore you. I'm not avoiding your questions, but this is why I'm acting the way I am. And she actually was really responsive to that. She tried to help out and I actually explained to her about me being an empath. So she's like, let me know if there's anything we can do. We're going to make this a happy office. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I was surprised because telling people I'm an empath and about my abilities, it still makes me nervous. It's like almost the same feeling as coming out as gay or trans. It's like you get that anxiety feeling. But with her, she helps me to understand that it's okay to say who you are and, and where you're at in life. And especially with somebody's going to understand because they'll react in a way and be like, okay, I understand you react this way around negativity. Let's 
try to keep it positive and then it actually keeps her in a positive mood as well even when things get overwhelmed she's like okay well how can we change this so, yeah. yeah i thought that was pretty cool so uh now one of the questions i have for you when it comes to taking control of your clear empathy do you have because i know a lot of people do have this problem like when you're in large crowds do you get overwhelmed in large crowds Yes, very much so. And a lot of it depends on where my mental mindset is as well. Um, what I've learned to do over the past year is if I start getting overwhelmed and I walk into a crowd, I'll do like a mental or a walking meditation. I'll picture myself inside of a ring of fire. And then as I'm in this ring of fire, all the negative energy comes out of me. You can picture like a fishing line. Um, coming from your body and out towards the fire. And once it hits the fire, I usually picture it turning into a black tar and melting. And then once all that negative energy has released and has melted away, then I picture the fire returning a positive energy and white light into my body. And that's helped me get through Walmart <laughs> on a few occasions. I think everybody struggles in Walmart because there's a lot of cranky people there, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the, I was actually, I think I was talking to Molly about this the other day. I was actually in Gilroy the day before the shooting. And I was, I was supposed to be there the day of the shooting, but something happened in my life that changed my plans. And I ended up going the day before. But when I was there about halfway through, all of a sudden I got really, really bad anxiety, almost to the point where I couldn't breathe. I thought it was the people all around me. So then for some reason, I, th I figured, okay, it's just me being in the military, me being paranoid. I'm like, what if there was a mass shooting right now? Where would I go? What would I do? How I'd re would I respond? And I actually started picturing people running, somebody getting shot, me running, like yelling, are you okay? You know what I mean? I started picturing this whole scenario. I even looked over to my spouse, like, if something happens, go this way. Like, I planned it all out. And then, But the rest of the time there, I had really bad anxiety, and I just I felt sick. The next morning I woke up to text messages, are you okay? Because my boss knew I was supposed to be there that day. And I found out there was a shooting. And I didn't realize it until a few days ago that when I started getting that anxiety feeling, that's actually the area where the shooter came in through the woods and penetrated the event. I was like, it, it blew my mind. But um, but that was a day that I could not, I just couldn't shake that anxiety. But I, I also, I think it was just that preconception of what was to come as well. Some things you can't control, but you can, I, I did a lot of deep breathing and that's what got me through it. Um, but yeah. Well, and I loud. think <laughs> you have a lot of connection with that, uh, like events that are going to happen or something that's uh, happening currently. Uh, I know in one of the places, I, now I'm going to forget what the club was called, but you were the supposed to shooting. Yeah. So Jade was, was there for that. <laughs> yeah, Jade was actually supposed to be there. And what did you, you guys ran out of time, didn't you? Something like oh, no. that. There was um, it was either a tropical storm or a hurricane that was getting ready to come in. I was down there for a work event, and we when we showed up that morning, I was actually gonna go the night before, but I was like, it's getting late. I'm gonna go tomorrow. But when I showed up to work the next day, they're like, we have the storm coming in. We all want you to call up the airlines, change your flights, get out of here today to beat the storm. And then when I landed in Oakland, that's when I woke. Um, open up my phone to a whole bunch of messages saying that there was a shooting over there. Wow. I can't even like, we've had so many uh, shootings like that in the United States. It seems like I, social media, it makes it easier for people to know about it. 
but I feel like there's just like uh, mental health issues, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, so Molly says, I love that you said opening up about our abilities feel similar to coming out as gay or trans. I think that fear of judgment and being misunderstood is a huge for so many people. I was going to say that, but I, I was going to say that like when I walk up to people and they ask me what I do and I, they say, or if I say I'm psychic, they look at me like I'm completely nuts. So I, I'm okay with it, I guess. Um, so, and, and Anne says, yeah, the judgment is huge. So, okay. So we talked about places. What other things, there's other stuff we're missing here. We talked about places. We talked about how you deal with the crowds. Um, at, at what point did you realize, I guess, what, what happened that you realized that you were going to have to figure out how to control your clarempathic abilities better? Once I realized what was going on and I looked back at my past life and the destruction I've caused because of suppressing my abilities, then I started looking at how can I change this into a positive way so I don't cause more destruction or put myself into more of a downward spiral. And that's why I started doing a lot more of the research. Again, this is all over the past year. Um, right before like, I had my little reawakening, it was really weird. Um, I was actually in a really dark hole. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, am I even supposed to be in the military? I feel like I'm useless. Like, <laughs> and it's just like this whole downward spiral. And then right after my awakening, that's when I started uh, opening up to the ideas and learning about my abilities and how to redirect them. I'm still learning too. But how to redirect them to create a more positive future and to help not only myself understand, but the others around me. So that way when they, they are close by, they're not projecting that negative energy to towards me. I know my spouse would come home all the time and be like complaining about work. It was just a lot of complaining, complaining. And I would act like I'm listening. I'm just like, uh-huh. Yeah. But immensely I was blocking out. Cause I just, I was starting again, my, my cup was starting to overfill, but now that they understand, they actually started looking at work in a more positive way. Like, Oh, I had a rough day, but, and then they start talking about ways to change it and this, this and that. So um, yeah, just, having others understand around you that you're an empath will help change their, hopefully will help change their perceptions and how to react around you. So they're not overwhelming you as well. And that's really helped me a lot. Uh, Carla says regarding judgment last night, I was on a zoom with one of my friends and her friends. And since I hadn't spoken to my friend in a very long time, I was excited to let her know that I've been diving into psychic readings and love when people book with me. And the blank stare reaction from her and her friends who are very religious made me a little bit uneasy and they really didn't engage in that conversation. So it was over before it could really start. Ha ha. I was a really good remind. It was a really good reminder that not everyone has the same excitement around this. So, and you actually, I, I want to say this is your first, you actually got your first tarot deck. Is it tarot or is it Oracle? It's Oracle. I have one of each. Okay. Yeah. 
The most so, recent one was the Oracle, the Alice one. Yeah. Yeah, the Alice or Alice in Wonderland. So, how does and you actually did you were pulling cards? You should tell them the story about pulling cards or not pulling cards. It was a short story, but it's really funny. Oh, um, the other day. Yes, I was just shuffling my deck around. And there was a card that just flipped out into my lap. And it was, I forget what it was, pretty much to just don't fear, follow the white rabbit or something. Like it's pretty much telling me to just go for it, that this is my time, something along those lines. And then whenever I was going to put them away, I literally had five more cards fall out into my lap as I was trying to put them back in the box. And so I looked in the book. I'm like, is there a five-card spread? Sure enough, there was. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep these five. And it, it was perfect around with my life, um, pretty much saying that um, I'm on the right path. I just need to keep at it. And I even had a pet card in there. My guinea pig had just died the day before. So that was really weird. But it's, it's just, yeah, telling me to stop fearing and get past my self-consciousness and go for my dreams pretty much. I think it was along the lines for that. Yeah. What made that so funny is you had text me or messaged me like literally right before it happened, telling me that you weren't ready to do your own spread yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Was, Cause yeah. I've, been, I've been thinking about starting to do spreads, but I'm like, I don't think I'm ready. I've only been doing one card draws. And then all of a sudden five cards just flew out at me. I'm like, okay, let me try this. <laughs> well, I guess <laughs> it's one time. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Well, what do you, so being, uh, spiritual, how do you, how do I say that? Do you talk about it a lot? Like when people ask you're obviously you tell people like, what's your advice for people when they're, um, maybe interacting or have people in their life that are, um, oh, that are like against spiritual or against what we believe in, I guess, okay. in general. Okay. I haven't really come out and said, oh, I'm psychic. Um, I start by explaining that, oh, I'm an empath. That's usually how I start off. And then I get to read them as I explain. And that it, their reaction will tell me how far in depth I need to tell them of what I do. <laughs> um I am still developing that self-confidence. Again, that's the same as coming out as like um, gay, transgender, learning to read who you can and cannot tell. Um, yeah, I would say I usually start off slow and I'll throw hints out there. And if they respond positively to my hints, then I go deeper and deeper into it. And that's how I was able to tell my OIC that I'm currently working for so much details about what I do. She's like, oh, can you do a draw for me sometime? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of just reading people and their reactions. And then, but then there is some, like, especially when it comes to being trans, it gets to a point where you're like, I have to be my true self. I can't hide myself anymore. And the more you put yourself out there as being a psychic, it's going to be the same, same thing, especially like you say, you're putting yourself out there all over social media. So you're already to that point. You're like, I don't care. I am who I am. And then you're going to have friends who are like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Or then you'll have those that are like, I don't quite agree with it, but I still love you as a person. 
do what you do. You're not affecting me. We can still be friends. And then you'll have other people who are like, oh, this is against my religion. I can't talk to you anymore. But when you come across those people, realize they were only in your lives to fulfill a purpose. Their purpose in your life has now been fulfilled. So now it's time to go separate ways because you have a new purpose to fulfill. And that's how I've looked at it through all of my coming outs throughout my life, especially over the past two years because I lost somebody who I saw as a big sister to me after coming out as trans and I actually ran into him a month ago. It was so wild and in a different state. Um, I, I said hi, we kept it moving, but I just have to remember that she was here to help me teach life lessons. I've learned those. Now we have to go our separate ways so I can learn new life lessons. Yeah, that's sad that I, I'm not even going to go into that. You know how I feel about that. Um, so Julie says, Julie, uh, Julie says, you know, when you said too much, when they have the doe in the headlight look, <laughs> <laughs> just, I just kind of roll with it. Yeah. And so you can do improv is key. <laughs> yeah, Anne says, I hear you. I've got the crazy card thrown at me a few times. Makes, Makes me go deeper within. Molly just says yes, so she agrees with us. <laughs> uh, Whitney says yes, people are here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I think that's yeah. true. Well, and I think that, uh, so how, what's my next question? What, what other topics that were you going to cover uh, for the um, Spellbinding Spring Summit that we haven't talked about yet? Um, well, I know uh, they were talking, there were a lot of questions about how to deal with it. Um, there's basically two different stages of being an empath. One's the disempowered stage, and that's where everybody starts off. That's where you, you end up developing your negative coping skills. You become introverted, you're hiding yourself, and you have this belief that you have to absorb the energy around you. It's just how life is. And um, then there's the empowered stage, and that's kind of what happens after your awakening. That's when you be, realize, I don't have to absorb the, the energy around me. It's my choice whether I want to absorb it or not. You can take that energy, be like, okay, that's negative. I can't deal with that. I need to walk away. Or you can take that energy and say, I, I see positivity in this. So you take that negative energy and you turn it into something positive and you project it back out into the world. And that's, that's where you become empowered. Um, there's actually uh, some ways to become empowered is learning to love and accept yourself, healing yourself from within. Um, and as you do that, you will actually develop your, your abilities more because you'll have a better understanding of them. And then that leads into knowing thyself, realizing uh, self-realizing, facing your fears, and that'll help you become stronger. And then understanding what a true empath is. So that way you know how to, to react and respond to those, to those feelings. Um, and then some of the ways to, to master and try to reach that full potential is establishing a rock, rock solid and healthy boundaries. You want to create those boundaries. You don't want people to step across those boundaries and, and pushing you to places that you don't want to be. And when they do, it's learning to ground yourself and step out of those situations. So yeah, boundaries and grounding are very, very huge as an empath. And I found in nature is where I, I'm best able to ground. I try to do it at home. It works a little bit. 
but whenever I take myself out, especially by the ocean or near moving water, it gives me that energy and puts me on a whole new vibration. And then learning to use an effective and efficient system way to process that energy, which we went over a little bit. Once you're able to effectively process that energy, you won't shut down as much. You'll, you'll see it as a more positive, positive way. You'll become more extroverted and you'll be like, look, we can do this. And then again, learning to clearly and confidently communicate, not with just those around you, but within yourself. Cause I've actually, didn't i've been untrue to myself i tell myself one thing i project my my thought processes the way i do my emotions um i suppress my emotions i'm like i don't i don't want to feel this way i'm not going to feel this way so then i develop this mindset that's not correct in my head so learning to communicate within your own mind as well be like i don't want to feel this way but this is the truth and this is what i need to do to fix it and those those areas, once you learn how to master those areas, you're going to see a great shift on the other end. I think that's really good advice. So uh, Carla says, I used to lash the F out or hide like there was no in between. Yes, nature. My happy nature place is around trees and flowers. I I find it so much easier to ground outside than it is anywhere yes. else. Well, and I have like trees and all sorts of good stuff out here to um, ground to do grounding work. So um, let's see, being trying to think of some other things that we didn't talk about. Do you guys have any questions? I know for me too. I spent a lot of my life trying to fit into society which as you can see in every area of my life, I do not fit in anywhere, not in one category. So it's um, learn not, stop trying to fit in. That That's a big key thing too, especially as an empath, the more you try to fit in, the more you're suppressing and you're just creating this alternate reality that's pushing you to dark, deeper levels. Once, once you stop fitting in and you just learn to become who you are, you're gonna attract friends who truly care they love you and understand you for who you are, and you're going to find those strong connections um, that'll help you prevail in life, and it'll also help you adapt and overcome on your abilities as well. I think that's good. So, I uh, like so being clear empathic. We talked about uh, going in large crowds. What do you? Uh, and we talked about Walmart. Walmart has to be the worst. Um, Anne says, you're individual. Love this. Uh, what tips would you have for someone who is just learning that they're clarempathic? Taking myself back to a year ago, um, grounding, grounding, grounding meditations, trying to do it at least once a day. And then on top of the grounding meditation, um, I went into learning to heal my chakras, which helped me do a lot of self-realization and healing from within. So, that, I mean, not everybody's the same, but that's what helped me start uh, this path that I'm on now is, is by grounding and going through a chakra healing process, which really is never ending. I've done two of them, two courses already, and I know I need to do it again because I can feel that. <laughs> And balance that I need to realign, which Molly helped me out the other day, actually. It was pretty amazing. Um, 
but just in far, as far as mentally healing from within that that helps you understand yourself and be able to project yourself in positive ways so your question. Anne says we're we're all traveling the same landscape we're all on our own unique path and all connected to the same divine energy chakra healing love this i i think that i remember you taking that class uh, the chakra healing class. I remember when you started that and you were all excited and you were talking about different things that you learned. And so from the time that you started talking about it up until now, like you're it just overall, like understand yourself a lot better than you did before. Now you're more like, I am who I am. And this is this, you get what you see. Um, so I think we're almost at an hour, so I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Is there anything that you would like to add on to that? Um, I know I've been doing a lot of research lately, and I'm I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this. Whether it's just going to be a blog type or a paper, or if I'm going to turn it into a book, but I am putting a lot of this into writing. And once I get to a certain point, I'll post it to the group so you can read through it, and maybe it'll give you a little bit better understanding of the different areas and ways to help cope. Yeah, I think that's good. And it'll be a good guide for people who are just getting into the group and who are or who are having trouble with um, getting energy projected onto them. Uh, so Carla says, I think what you said earlier about really understanding ourselves and our emotions is so key. It really helps with all of this. And it also helps us become aware of what is our energy and what isn't. And Julie says, this is great. So they like you. Everybody likes you. <laughs> I was pretty excited to uh, for you to get on uh, live because I know it's been a long time since you were on the last live and I feel like you have something different to share all the time as you're learning. So I want to thank you not just for like for being on live, but for actually being uh, letting people know like, that it's okay to be themselves and talk about uh, the, the their beliefs with people who are obviously going to be um, understanding or uh, receptive of it. So uh, Molly says she loves you, and and everybody says thank you. So okay, well go. we'll we'll let you guys go, and it was good talking to you guys, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good day. Thank you.